Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. It's good to be with you, with you again today. And um, I'd like to just open up and read the passage of Scripture, uh, Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 15. And uh, I think that'll be on the screen. Uh, what version do you have it up there? Okay, I'll, I'll read it from there because I've, I've got a different version of Scripture. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Therefore, God elevated him. Where, where are we here? Was this the next path? Next, let's see. I'm trying to find my place here. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's it. God elevated him as talking to Jesus. Seems like something is left out there, but we'll see. And gave him the name above other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Look at that phrase just a moment. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Can you think of anything that is more counterculture than that in our present times, even in Christian churches. Thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Okay, that's it. Let me just start out with this. God's main purpose with us here today is not to create the next best, most powerful, biggest church in Murfreesboro. God's main purpose today here is to lead us to become conduits of goodness, truth, and beauty that will resonate God's glory and transforming grace to this city. And if God does that in each of you, then this church will have a purpose that will ensure its continued existence and its growth in God. 
Everything that grows is not healthy. There are illnesses like cancer that grows, and that's not healthy. And all churches that grow are not healthy. A church growing does not necessarily mean that it's healthy. It just means that it's been well-led and managed and the strategies are working and all that. A church can grow very large and not be very transformative and it not provoke or, uh, or offer you any possibility of actually growing in God. And I wanted to look at this passage this morning because I want to talk to you about something vitally important for your own soul. And it's this. God wants to colonize you. He wants to transform you and remake you so that you're a very different pe person than the one you would have been without him. And that will not automatically take place just because you come to church. And it will not automatically take place even if you are very moved in church continually. It will not take place just because you cry in church. It will not take place just because you raise your hands and enter into the spirit of worship in the church. Something else is required for you to be colonized by God to become transformed a very different person in God. And this passage tells us some of those things that I want to look at today. First, I want to look at this. Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now, we talk in evangelical Christianity all the time about our heart. In fact, you often hear people say, I don't want anything cerebral. I don't want anyone to actually, like, touch my intellect. I only want my heart to be touched. When we're little, we sing, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And we should. But sometimes I think maybe we should sing, come into my head. Come into my head, Lord Jesus. Because if God does not have your head, he does not have you. Now, there's many different words uh, in, in Greek, in the Greek text, that we translate mind. There is the word um, uh, suhi, from which we get psychology. There is the word noose, which we, I don't think we have any, except, you know, it's not the rope. You know, it's a, it's, it's, that's a whole different thing uh, now, now that I think about it. There's pneuma, which means spirit or wind, and uh, we get the fancy word pneumatology from that, the study of the Holy Spirit. But all of these different words are pointing to some things, and I, I, I want to talk about them. It's about the intellect. It's about the will. It's about our decision-making process. It's about our imagination. It's about our memory. God wants to come in to all of that, but he will not come into all of that unless he's invited. Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Your good intentions will not make you uh, into a disciple of Jesus. Your sincerity will not do it. There's all kinds of sincere people that do all kinds of weird and bizarre and crazy stuff. Sincerity alone will not take you to the heart of God. You need to be sincere. You can't just play a role and think that you're going to become a Christian. But sincerity alone will not do it. You also need to be informed. Your mind needs to be shaped. You need to open your head to some new knowledge from God that you cannot get in the world. And that is what we're being instructed to do here. That we are supposed to uh, ask the Lord to transform our minds. How does that take place? Well, for one thing, like right now, we wrestle with the text. 
uh, what we do in church as we come together generation after generation from the apostles, we have two things that go on uh, in a service that's central that the Lord instructs us to do. One is coming to the Lord's table. We come to the Lord's table and we break the, uh, we, we break the bread and, and the wine. And, uh, and around the table, God forms his family together. And then we have the preaching of the word. Well, the table is extended also in our, in our songs uh, but, and, and, and in, our, in our worship time, what we call the worship set now or whatever. But uh, all of that, whatever we do to bring our hearts together with one another and in God prepares our minds also to hear the impartation of the word of God. And when the word of God comes into our minds, our minds begin to think differently. And you know, when you begin to, when you begin to wrestle with scripture, there's all kinds of people that are, that say they're people of the word, but they never read the Bible. Because when people, when I always know as a pastor, I always knew when people were reading, reading the Bible because suddenly they, some, I didn't realize this. Did you, have you ever said, what do you do with this passage? When you begin to read the Bible, I don't mean just spotting it, going through and getting this text and that text. Oh, that's good. This is a good text. Putting it on a bracelet or putting it up on the wall. I'm talking about when you begin to read the various passages, particularly the books of the Bible you don't normally read. Suddenly your mind is confronted with thoughts you have never thought before. And you are made uncomfortable. And when you're made uncomfortable, you have the potential of growing. If you never become uncomfortable, you will never grow. There has to be those moments in life to where you suddenly are confronting a crisis or you have a question or you're suddenly, your faith seems like it's not matching the occasion. You can't pull out of all of your kind of Sunday school teaching an answer for some kind of question that you've just encountered. And we've got a lot of those going on right now in contemporary culture. And if you just go on automatic pilot and you're constantly going to be using cliches to yourself and to others to to, uh, explain why you are a Christian, you are going to come to a place where somewhere down the line, you're going to realize that you just have never really had found an answer uh, for the faith that lies within you. And that's happening to an awful lot of people now. They seem to be doing fine in, in, in church. They keep coming. They, they, they put the money in. They sing the songs. They volunteer. They do all those things. And then one day they tell us they no longer believe. And the reason is because their minds were never shaped by the Word of God. So you've got to decide if you're going to do that this very day. I'm wondering if right now, I mean, we t- we, see, we, we talk about conversion as though it's a once and for all thing. It's not a once and for all thing. It's like the army. You get to decide if you want to stay in or not. And from time to time, when you, when you, when you come to those moments in life, if you really want to grow in the Lord, you have to come to those times and say, Lord, I'm still here. Sometimes it's, Lord, I believe, help, you my unbe- help my unbelief. Sometimes it's, Lord, I'm, I'm shaky, but I'm here. There, there are moments to where you, you, you hardly know how to lean into to that next step that you're going to take with God. But you have to ask him again and again, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my whole being. Shape me. I submit to you again today. 
I did it 10 years ago. I did it 20 years ago. But I'm doing it today because the world has changed around me. I have changed. My situation has changed. And the new me, he said, we do this in marriage, you see. Uh, we, you know, and if you've been married very long, you will know this. And if you haven't been married for very long, you know, this may be wonderful or, or frightening. I don't know, whichever. But I can tell you, uh, you know, when you get in that argument and you, and you, and you kind of get those words out, which you shouldn't say, but people do sometimes, you're not the same person I married. Well, duh. <laughs> no, we're not. But the deal is to stay married, you've got to fall in love with this person they're becoming, and they have to fall in love with that person too. And you have to become interesting to them and them interesting to you. And this is true in our relationship with the Lord. We change, we shift. And the decision that we made as a teenager at some youth group 20 years ago, 20 years ago suddenly begins to feel like, well, you know, it was good, it was wonderful. But, you know, we, and we look back and we think, well, we were caught up and we were all excited and everybody was doing it and I did it and I got baptized and it was a wonderful time, but it was kind of a group thing. But now you're not in that youth group or you're not in that circumstance and you don't have a teenager's head, hopefully. You're, you've moved on. And so what now? What, what are you going to do at each stage of life when you are at a different place in life about your faith in Christ if you've never really looked at the great questions of your faith and you've worked through those and you've allowed the Word of God to instruct your mind? Let this mind be in Christ Jesus. The second thing is said, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Now here is... You can just look at the world around you and you know this is the great path to success. If I was speaking to a great conference and I was giving the three rules of success, I would never say, well, if you want to be successful in this country in this time of, of our history, you've got to humble yourself. <laughs> As a pastor, if I was saying, do you want to be successful in church work? Humble yourself. It wouldn't get very many amens. For what is man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows. I did it my way. If you plan on going to hell, you need to memorize that song. They sing it every morning. <laughs> it will get you tremendous mileage in this life. You will go to the head of the pack for a while. But you cannot be a disciple of Jesus. There are two figures I'd like to set before you today. I'll quickly tell you a little bit about both of them. First is Prometheus. Prometheus is the great Greek myth. He was the human being that the gods wouldn't give fire to human beings, or they just give it to them when they wanted them to have it. So Prometheus snuck into heaven and took fire from the gods and brought it back to the earth. And what he did was called, called hubris in Greek. And hubris means overreaching, getting out of your place, stepping beyond your appointed place in the universe. He was a hero to the Greeks. 
He's a hero to our culture. To be Promethean is, means you've got unbridled uh, ambition. But Jesus, or the Bible offers us Job. Ooh, can you feel that? That's like, you know what that is, what we feel there? That is the clash between our culture's values and God's values. Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. All my appointed time, I'll wait on him until my change comes. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand when he appeareth. And though the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, and I sh whom I shall see for myself and not for another. I'm going to wait right here. And all the friends around him, all of his Christian friends, and there's like, I don't know, seven or eight different versions of, of kind of spiritual uh, pep talk that goes on around Job, and it goes on and on and on. You must have done this. You've made a bad confession, one of them says. And they're like, okay, I've heard that. Uh, or, you know, you must have displeased God in something you've done, or you wouldn't be in this shape, and it goes on and on and on. And it's like, I can't see. I don't think I did. I'm not sure. I'm just going to wait right here until my change comes. I don't know what God is doing to me. I'm kind of aggravated. I'm kind of ticked. But I'm going to stay right here. Here is a man that is humbling himself under the hand of God. Here's, here's one of the great spiritual principles that you need to learn to be able to walk with God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It doesn't mean that you're not aware of your gifts. It doesn't mean you're not aware of what you have to offer a place or whatever. But this, this happens inside. You see, we don't like to be humiliated. Humiliated means something else is, is, or some other person or something is putting us down or whatever. That's, that's not what this is talking about. But to humble oneself is to have that talk inside yourself and submit yourself to God to say, Lord, I think I could do a good job with that, but you know better than I and I, you know, I'm, I'm laying it to your feet. It's not, I'm not going to just drive myself silly until I get what it is I think I want. I keep talking to God. There's things, my wife and I just uh, sold a house and we bought a house. And constantly throughout, we're like, Lord, have your way in this. This may not be exactly what you want. And some people say, well, it's not praying with faith. I, I disagree completely. I think it's praying with great faith. It's, it's not faith in myself, but it is faith that he knows best for me. And I submit myself to him because I want to have that mind in me that was in Christ Jesus. I lost. And one thing you got to do is watch up my time. I guess. I'm good, he says. Okay. So... What is it for you, Prometheus or Job? Well, nobody wants to be a Job. Well, you want to be a Job at the end. <laughs> when he has refined me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Isn't that beautiful? We can make a song of it. When he has refined me, I shall come out as gold. It did bring tears to your eyes. Unless you're in the middle of the refinement. Then you need a song that says, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> I have a dear friend. 
that pastored a church in Colorado, and he's, he's a wonderful person. He was a wonderful pastor. And he had early great success, and then he began to have numbers of difficulties for a few years, setbacks personally and in, in the church. And his wife called me and said, you need to come up here and spend some time with your friend because he's, he's not at the top of his game right now. I said, well, what's happening? She said he was praying last night and he never prays loud and he just suddenly shouted out to God, I don't want to be a Job! <laughs> and I thought, you know, right, we can make t-shirts from that. <laughs> I don't want to be a Job, you know. I, you know, that being a Job is not fun. And there's nobody else in the Bible that goes through exactly what Job does, unless it's the Lord Jesus himself. And the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prays that he, that the Lord would let him bypass the suffering that's coming, which is entirely appropriate to pray. The Lord prayed it, but our Lord's prayer was not answered in the way that he wanted it answered in that garden. Which is pretty, that's a heavy thing right there. Say, the Lord will always answer my prayer. Well, he will. He'll answer the kind of prayer under the prayer. And what's the prayer under the prayer? That we will be made conformed to the likeness of our Lord. That we will be like him in our life, our life will resonate with the presence and the glory of God. And really, brothers and sisters, listen. Why would Murfreesboro need another church unless it is a church that is encouraging the people to become Christ-like? Can we really say that the great proliferation of churches in our area has made this the kind of place that it ought to be? If we're the salt of the earth, don't you think we ought to be making a little more of an impact than we're making? Could it be that there's something a little bit flawed with the way that we've been approaching this? Not that we're not sincere Christian, people love the Lord and all that, yes. But maybe there is a part of this we've been avoiding, and it is that part of being conformed to the image of Jesus and becoming like him. We all... We all do that because it, it means that parts of ourselves are going to be cut off. Things that are part of our kind of family heritage is the Lord's going to say, no, I don't want that. But Lord, I'm, 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 I'm a Scot. Scots are this way. Yeah, I want you to be another way. Well, but we're just this way. What, well, but I'm, you're going to be another way now. And there's things that the Lord would confront with us. Uh, that our gossipy, I like gossip. I hope, uh, I, I, I shouldn't, but I do. Uh, I like hearing it so I can pray better. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I want my prayers to be informed. So I listen as closely as I can. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've got all kind of justification and excuses to why I like certain things that I shouldn't like. But in the end, there comes a time when the Lord says, yeah, I know you do, but you, you, this has to stop. Those things in our life that are not making us like the Lord. Let me conclude here. The passage says to work out your own salvation. And there's all kinds of arguments about that, about what that means. You can go to churches that say, you know, God doesn't want you to do anything about your spiritual life. Well, 
he got the Lord's going to do it all. Well, the Lord did it all on the cross, but you know, saying yes is doing something, right? So, uh, in James two, uh, chapter two and verse twenty-two, there's a passage where James talks about that our working with God works toward. Uh, works toward the Lord transforming us. And he uses the word in Greek that's synergy, from which we get synergy. And it's, it's the idea that the thing that's in us that's reaching toward God ought to be cooperatively engaged with the God that's working in us. And that happens, often begins in worship like we've had today, but it also happens again and again tomorrow and throughout this week as in little ways, in your mind, in your heart, in your behavior, you keep saying yes to God and you keep turning and you keep taking the cross and walking in the ways that you're supposed to go. I want to conclude with, with just instruction from this little, uh, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, uh, there's a story of where uh, the Lord heals a blind man at Bethsaida. And he touches him and heals him. You'd think if Jesus laid hands on you to pray for you, you're going to be fine, right? Well, the man said, well, yeah, I kind of like, do you see? And he's like, oh, I kind of see. It's like people are like trees. Well, man, tr people aren't trees. You shouldn't be seeing that way. Uh, and, and he prayed for him again. And it was that idea that in us, in our spiritual formation and, and, and as we're growing in God we keep coming back again and again I I'm, I see better than I did but I need to see more clearly I hear better and deeper than I did but I need to do better Lord help my unbelief God I'm and that constant turning 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 as the psalmist says I've inclined my feet toward your paths oh God I've inclined my feet toward your paths constantly, day after day. And little by little, as our lives go on, people begin to see that there's something life-giving that's coming through us, not from us, but through us, because the living God has taken up his residence in us, and he's working through us to do his work and his will in this world. Amen. This Wednesday, this past Wednesday, we had one of the best prayer meetings we've had in a long time over there at the Grove. We didn't have any music, any live worship or anything like that. We just gathered, just 22 of us gathered in a circle. And we began praying and leaning into what God's doing right now in this time and this season. And one of the themes that emerged, the Holy Spirit led us to, was humility. And even this morning, I was talking with Holly, and she's talking about it with me. And uh, actually, today's Jason's birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Holly? Anything Lord stirring in you about this? I don't... Yeah, come on up here. And while she's coming, I want to tell you about this story about this guy who serving as this church so faithfully 
so many years. And this church wanted to honor him. So they got him this medal to honor him for his humility. And uh, it's like a gold medal with like the ribbon, kind of like the Olympic thing. And they brought him up on a Sunday and they presented him with this medal and honored him for his humility. But then the next week came and they had to take it away from him because he started wearing it. (laughs) Okay, some of y'all get that on the way home. (laughs) All right, talk to us about this. Thank you, Pastor Dan, because it's, um, it's just one of those things like the Lord is so amazing because completely your word for me just really affirmed what I felt like the Lord was saying for our church. And that's why I'm a little emotional right now because I'm like, Jesus, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. Um, and so really felt when we came together this last Wednesday night that, that what the Lord was saying, it was everything, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have been going on, and but to come at it with a posture of humility. We say one a lot of times that we want to um, we want to overcome, and that the enemy will not be defeated, and we believe that. We believe that because light's always going to win out over darkness. We know that as people of faith, if people are followers of the word, word, the word being Jesus, that we know that. But it has to come with a posture of being that on a, as of a servant and falling first to our knees. And so that would be my prayer for our church. And I feel like that continues to be the prayer for our church in our lives, because that's not, that is countercultural to come at that choosing to seek other people first. That is not what people would say around us a lot of times is the way that you're going to get ahead in this word world. But Jesus isn't concerned about that. Jesus is concerned so much more. He's concerned much more about things eternal. And that is coming at that with Jesus. I want to choose to put you first in my life. I want to choose and act and say and do and think and all of those things to have my whole body, my whole mind, everything transformed by you so that I may then be a light to those around us. And I really feel like that that's what the Lord is calling for our time and our church. I think that's what I would say. I, uh, when you said come to your, our knees, that's the exact thing I was picturing while Pastor Dan was preaching. Is I felt like, you know, um, listen, I'm not going to make you Lord, Lord over you until you have to do this, but I'm going to, we've got time. I just want to take a moment where I just come to my knees and just repent to the Lord for any pride. And I just want to invite you right now to just come with me. You can come down here on the front, get on your knees. You can step out of the aisle and get on your knees. You can sit there in your chair. You can get up and leave if you want to. That doesn't make any difference to me, but I'm just going to spend just this moment and just say, God, I repent of any pride, God. God, we just repent of any pride that we've been walking in. Not, not that we did it on purpose, but sometimes maybe we slipped into it just because it's the ways of our culture. And God, we're not of this culture. We're not of this realm, of this world. We're of your kingdom. So we follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ who humbled himself 
and we humble ourselves. We come under your, the submission of your lordship, of your authority, and we say, you know best for every part of our lives. You know best for every part of our families. You know best for every part of this church. You know best for every part of those of us that are in school, the way we conduct ourselves. You know best for those of us that go to work every day. You know best, God, for those of us that are involved in, in all the different things that we're involved in, God. And we just lay all those things and say, God, if there's things that we're walking in and even in our, that affect our daily schedules, but we're doing it because it's out of a place of pride, we repent of that right now. And we turn from that. We do a 180 and we come towards you and we surrender and submit ourselves to your lordship and your leadership. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now that you would illuminate things to our hearts and to our minds right now uh, where we might have some pride and where we can now uh, show us how we can turn toward you in humility. We can turn our schedules toward you in humility. We can turn our thoughts toward you in humility. We can turn the ways of our heart toward you in humility. We can turn our relationships toward you in humility. We can turn our parenting toward you in humility, God. God, I pray that you would raise up moms and dads in here, godly parents that are humble parents, that don't lord over their children. But we're humble parents. We lead our, ch our children as we're following you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the rewards, the rewards of humility. Your word says, Lord God, in Proverbs, that the reward of humility is favor. And we thank you for that. So we receive that now. We come into agreement with that. And we thank you that we already have favor with you because of what Jesus has done. But Lord, now we ask you that you grant us favor with people. We ask you that you grant us favor with our spouses, with our children, with those at work, with those at school, with those that we just meet in, in the marketplace, the, those that we just come in contact in, in our regular everyday life, that you would grant us favor as we walk in humility. And that we would use that favor to point people towards you, Jesus. Lord, your word also says in Proverbs that the reward of humility is wisdom. And so James, the, the book of James says, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask for it and God will grant it to us liberally. And so, Lord, we ask for wisdom, but we also see that it's a reward of humility. And so we ask you to help us walk in humility first. And we thank you that wisdom will come. Great wisdom will come. In the name of Jesus. I just want to read, pray this last scripture here. Romans chapter 12. In the message it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, it's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. 
God, that's what we desire. We desire for you to develop well-formed maturity in us, that we would not be like children. We would not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. But God, that we would see that we're submitting ourselves to you. We're walking in humility to you and you are doing a work of sanctification, a work of transformation in our lives. You are bringing our lives into alignment and into the reflection of what it looks like in Christ's life. You are shaping us and molding us to the image of Christ. And we say yes to it, God. We say yes. We say, God, as hard as it is some days, as difficult as it is some days, we say yes. We love to walk under your leadership. We love to serve you. We love to obey you. We love to love you. Some days, God, it hurts, but we want it, God. We want it more than the other. God, I thank you that you love us every moment, God. You've never stopped loving us. If you're here today, you've felt like you've been far from God. You're not following him. Maybe you have never made that conscious decision ever once in your life, or maybe you made it a long time ago, but at some point you stopped saying yes. You started doing things your way. I want to give the opportunity right now. Just pray with me. And this is not the prayer that fixes all things in your life. And it's like fairy dust and sprinkle this over your life and everything will be perfect. No, what this is a declaration to God to say, I'm done doing it my way and I'm going to start, I want to come your way, God. And I receive what it is that you have done for me through who Jesus was and what he did. So God, I come to you right now and I just place myself in that place that maybe some people are here today and they feel like they're far from you. And God, I say, I'm sorry. I repent for doing things my way. I want to come your way. I declare with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I submit to his lordship. And I believe in my heart that, that God, you raised Christ from the dead. I ask you to come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come and change my life. Come and do this work of transformation and maturity in me. This is, talks about right here in Romans 12. And God... Give me the resolve to keep saying yes to you day after day after day. I keep saying yes to you. I keep walking in humility toward you and walking in humility toward my fellow human beings. God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Jesus, you are worthy. You're magnificent. There is none like you, God. And we don't come to you because we're afraid of what you're going to do to us. We come to you gladly because of what you have already done for us. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing 
leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.